You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Don't you hate it when that happens? I do. What a way to start. Perfect way to start it off as well. So what's going on, everybody? We are live on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. It is Monday, the week of the NFL season. Happy Actually, Memorial I mean, Day. Yeah, happy yeah, Memorial that's Day. Right. Right, God damn it. <laughs> happy Labor Day, everybody. No. Hope everybody is off like we are. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, I debated with finally de- deleting a tweet, and then I was like, you know, screw that. Whatever, I'll own it. I'll do it under the show. I did it under the show Twitter. That way I can blame it on one of you guys if I need to. I thought you just wanted to wind it back and have summer over again. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm typical for mispronouncing things and... I'm going all the way back to January if I'm going to wind it back before shit went to hell. Oh, God, no. Don't don't make <laughs> us go through that again. Please don't. If anything, fast forward to next January. No, I don't want to miss the NFL season. I take that back. But we are in the, the week of the NFL season. We've got a game in three days, and I cannot wait. Uh, obviously, we've got a really great game on tonight as well, BYU versus Navy. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm hoping we can end this by the time that starts because I'm looking forward to that. We've got a couple of guests joining us today as well. We're going to start off with some roster cuts and how that kind of affects a fa- uh, affects fantasy values. But Dennis uh, mentioned a giveaway on Twitter today, and he wants to talk about that really quick before we get the pod started. Well, so you've seen it out there Uh Looking like the greatest new tool ever, the Dynasty GM from Dynasty Nerds. It's a great way to manage your uh, Dynasty fantasy football teams. It's got a trade calculator. It evaluates your teams position by position. Tells you who is in your league that has a strong team or strong positions to help you set up deals. Uh, It's a great new tool. And, uh, you know, we all work for Dynasty Nerds. And so we went begging and pleading. And by we, I mean me, I guess and said, hey, could we give away a free free month uh, of the Dynasty GM to a listener of our show? And Rich and, and Matt, Josh, Garrett were, were gracious enough to give us a free month of Dynasty GM nerd herd combo. So what we want you to do, if you want to be entered into the drawing, either tweet at one of us or the show, Or you can comment live on the show while you're watching who your Super Bowl picks are and who the champion uh, is going to be. We'll give you a couple days to do it, but we want to give it out before uh, the season starts on Thursday. So Wednesday, we'll make a decision. Uh, We'll we'll put the the list of names in a randomizer and we'll pick one out 
We'll announce it on Twitter and we'll give you the code to sign up. So then you'll, for the first month of the, of the season, uh, it's easy for me to say, for the first month of the season, you'll have access to the Dynasty Nerds Nerd Herd, uh, exclusive rankings, additional podcasts, uh, other great things we have there. You also get the, the Dynasty GM tool, uh, which we're getting ready to, I've been beta testing the Flea Flicker. So that'll be a third platform added to the Dynasty GM as well as the manual tool. Um, and you'll get access to all of that free for a month. That is awesome. And it's so great that even Baker likes it. Look at that. Look at that. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I got to throw them in there. I worked hard on those bad boys. All right. So yeah, comments on there. You guys can, can, uh, you know, Oh, we already got one right there. Uh, we can, uh, no, it's not even filled in. I got, I got not the Browns and not the Broncos. Boom. That's not nice, Phil. You know, we had a great talk guess, last uh, night. Phil, then you got to come in your sling arrows. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, just post that in there. Or you can comment, uh, send one of us a thing, uh, a thing on whatever Twitter. I'm all messed up now. He's he's trashing my Browns. I was all excited about that. I hope you're still watching, Phil, and I hope you enjoy this right here because he's a sexy motherfucker and he's taking us to the Super Bowl this year. I want to do it one more time just because. So that's what you get for dissing the Browns on the show. A little bit of breaking news that actually just happened as we went live. I know there was a lot of talk about it um, earlier in the day, but the uh, the Patriots have put Damian Harris on the ice. IR. He will miss at least three games. So all of us, including myself, who were really hoping that uh, Damian Harris could be a flex option for them this week, it's not going to happen anymore. They've called up J.J. Taylor. So it looks like Sony Michelle J.J. Taylor show right now. Uh, you guys have any thoughts on the Patriots before we get to our cutdowns? Rex Burkhead these? season. Yeah, Sony Michelle and James White season, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot about James White. I do have him on my Scott Fishbowl team, so hoping for the best. I did not realize how how bad I got hurt on that Scott Fishbowl team, and so I decided to set all of my lineups today. Losing uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Mike Williams is not going to be good for my my. Mike, Mike Williams is now a game game time decision. So you may is he? I thought they said five weeks. Well, so yeah, that's well, that's the most curious one. They said if one report said he's going to miss all of September, and then someone today yeah. said he's. Game time decision for week one. That seems like a big goal to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, you got Jalen I mean, Guyton. You could always pick up. Yeah, I guess so. All right, so let's go. Oh, I like how someone updated that for me. Way to go on the show sheet there. I wasn't even paying attention. Otherwise, I would have waited till we got to the Patriots part. So... Buffalo Bills, we'll start with the AFC East. Nothing major cut-wise there, uh, so nothing really to touch on. For the Dolphins, Rosen got cut. I thought that was kind of surprising. We'll obviously talk about where he landed and how that worked out or what we think of that when we get to that uh, team. But I thought that was kind of a, a big deal for the Patriots, Muhammad Sanu and Jeff Thomas. Uh, I know a lot of people were in on Jeff Thomas. Is that kind of a big surprise for either one of you that he got cut? Well, I don't know that, me that people are in on Jeff Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, you know, he, he's an electric player, but he, he's a small guy. Uh, he was inconsistent in college. I think it's definitely, and, and you know, Belichick loves consistency. He wants to know what he's going to get from you on every single play. And with Thomas, I think he was probably hurt by this offseason. I think getting signed to the practice squad will help him. He's going to get an opportunity to continue to develop uh to, to play more in, in practice, and we'll see where it goes from here. 
I won't be the least bit surprised if he's brought up here within four or five weeks and is uh, on, on special teams returning punts and kicks. I was probably no. more surprised they, they cut J.J. Taylor when they did, but they've already signed him to the practice squad and already promoted yeah. him because of I kind of feel like running backs. I mean, I saw a lot of people talking about this too. I think it's just because it's not valued at all. I don't think a lot of people are going to go out there unless someone gets decimated at running back. I don't think running back cuts are going to be a big deal. I mean, look at Devonta Freeman, which I know he's asking for a lot of money, but nobody wants to sign that guy. And he was a good running back just a couple of years ago. So I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw, you know, more guys get cut or dropped throughout the season and, and nothing happened with them. I just I think it's kind of been really devalued for some reason in the NFL. All right, Jets. I thought this one was interesting. No major cuts for the New York Jets, but they cut their cornerback, uh, Lamar Jackson, to keep Joe Flacco, which is kind of, you know, funny in the fact that they got rid of Joe Flacco to keep Lamar Jackson there in Baltimore. But uh, Interesting, I guess. I mean, I, I can't imagine Flacco's going to play at all. Probably more just senior leadership or, or someone to help uh, Sam Darnold there. Your guys' thoughts? I mean, they went through three quarterbacks last year. Uh, so it's they do need some kind of a backup. Simeon's not there anymore, um, who, was, who was their first backup. Their other backup, I can't even remember who it was, was not very good. I think they signed him. Luke, so they had, Luke Falk. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. That was Luke they Paul. signed him so that they have presumably a more high quality competitor as a backup. I mean, I was happy that they had Luke Falk because that was the only reason the Browns won that game that night. So you know, after after Miles Garrett unfortunately destroyed Trevor Simeon's leg, that was uh, that was not pretty to watch at all. <laughs> Speaking of the Browns, let's go to the AFC North. Um, didn't really do much. Uh, Hilliard and Ratley both got cut. I think that was kind of expected if you're a Browns fan. I had on here that they went with tight end. five tight ends. They ended up cutting Farrell Brown yesterday uh, to bring in some defensive help. So they still have four tight ends on the roster. I do think that Njoku probably ends up getting moved. They like Steven Carlson a lot, uh, really good blocker, and Harrison Bryant seems to be the talk of Brown's camp. I mean, again, me and Dennis have talked about it with the way he destroyed our Buckeyes uh, when they played FAU. He's uh, I don't, he was phenomenal in college. Yeah, him. You don't know him and Anthony McFarland. Those guys don't exist, right? Hey, I understand. Baker didn't exist with, for me for like six months after what he did to the Buckeyes at one point. So. But, uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see if they end up trading in Joku or not, if they end up keeping him. I still think he can be good. I know we're all – at least me and Dennis are kind of high on him this year just based on where he'll line up in the offense. Uh, Baltimore side, just because I kind of like Trace McSorley, I thought it was interesting that they decided to keep him as the QB3. No real fantasy value or anything there. For the Bengals, they let go of Demarcus Lodge and Stanley – Morgan, not necessarily a lot of fantasy value, but there were a lot of people who liked those two guys, thought they had like outside chances to be maybe wide receiver three or fours for fantasy. Uh, Dennis, I know you like Stanley Morgan, right? Is it any, any thoughts on him, unfortunately, getting let go by the Bengals? You know, I'd, I'd like to see him. He's a legacy player. Uh, I would, you know, I'm old, so I was, I, I watched his dad play for the Patriots. Um, but I, I would have liked to have seen him get an opportunity, uh, but you know he's he's pretty much a wide receiver five kind of guy, and teams are going to cycle through those. I'm curious what what is it about McSorley that you like because he's a terrible quarterback. 
Oh, I agree with you. I, that's what I said. I thought it was, you know, I just like him as a player when he did at Penn State. I kind of liked his uh, his competitiveness. Yeah, I don't expect him. If Lamar goes down, and then I don't even know who their backup is. If that guy goes down. Robert Griffin. It's Robert Griffin the third. Oh, is this still Griffin? Okay, I thought maybe he got yeah. moved on from. So, well, I think they're kind of screwed if Robert Griffin's in there, too. So, yeah, they're screwed if Lamar goes down. But I just thought it was interesting that they decided to keep him. Uh, let's see here. Steelers, another one of your guys. Deion Kane, right? Did you like Deion Kane? I yeah, I, like, I did like Kane. No, I like Kane and I like Dury's Fountain. Both of them were on that the was, Colts it was at one Fountain time. Was the but, other one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Cut down day is the kiss of death for Dennis's uh, deep stashes. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing yeah. I didn't, didn't put those articles out this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sucks because I had Deion Kane on a couple teams too, hoping maybe he could bounce back there with the Steelers and they drafted Claypool. So I guess I'm not a, shouldn't have been surprised. So moving on to the AFC South, I don't know if this is necessarily a big deal because uh, I, I do think he was kind of in that competition with Darren Fells. And I think Jordan Aikens was the guy everybody kind of liked there. But tight end Jordan Thomas gets cut. Uh, he's got signed to Arizona's practice squad. I, I mean, I don't really think that matters. I feel like the tight end is going to be forgotten. I know they've got Dan Arnold there, as I was told uh, when we talked about the Cardinals tight end situation a couple weeks ago. So he could probably be Dan Arnold out, even though he's, I guess, Matt Berry's favorite tight end there or whatever. But uh, um, uh, it's really a nothing for me. Do you guys have any thoughts? Well, uh, you know, Thomas is a fairly athletic guy. He's big. And it'll come down to does Kingsbury decide – based on NFL defenses, that he has to use a legitimate tight end. Arnold doesn't have the size that Thomas does. I mean, Thomas is like a 6'5", 270 guy, and he's pretty athletic, uh, if not fast. So it it's going to be dependent on NFL defenses dictating that you, you can't just go four wide or five wide uh, all the time. If, if the defenses are able to get pressure on Kyler Murray uh, without that tight end in there being uh, a relevant player, then it, it won't matter. If they need to have the tight end, I think Arnold, is, or not Arnold, uh, uh, Thomas is a great uh, signing to possibly step into that role. Matt, any thoughts? Are you all in on the Dan Arnold train? I didn't know the Cardinals used to tight end, to be honest. <laughs> oh, I'm right there with you. They had one in Hakeem Butler, and they let him go. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, will get to him in a minute. Uh, Colts side, uh, Doris Fountain, then it's just men- mentioned, and Trey Burton, who is on IR again. Uh, you know, I-, I don't think that means anything really for anybody there. So, <laughs> well, there were some people for him, I guess. That- there were some people that seemed to think Burton was going to eat into Doyle, but they can uh, they can let that go now. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, he, for sure. It was going to be a renaissance. A renaissance. Yeah, Trey <laughs> Burton. Jaguars, I think, really just kind of affirmed uh, up the fact that they are tanking this year. In Dobbin, Dobbs and Glennon both let go, leaving their backup as Jake Luton. Lutton, I'm not really sure how to say his name. Luton. So, yeah. my uh, Luton, the one I didn't go with. So, of course, anyways, uh, my my advice on the Jaguars. Buy DJ Chark now because he'll have Trevor Lawrence throwing him the ball next year, and that dude's going to be an absolute stud with T-Law, but what do you guys have on the Jags? Yeah, so you're out I mean, on yeah. Minshew? 
I like Minshew. I've never thought he was a starting NFL quarterback. I think he's a above average backup, but I don't I don't see him being a long term starter. I, my he's thing is if they really Chase Daniel if if they really finished last, I I can I can't say I can't imagine it because the Jaguars would be the team to do it to be like you know what we don't need Trevor Lawrence we've got Gardner Minshew let's take somebody else so I would be really surprised if that happened but I, my bet would be if they finish last and I do think they will finish last that they're going to take Trevor Lawrence number one pick and they take the best left tackle in the draft. Yeah, well, you know, that's a Giants so, thing to do, too. So, You know, it's interesting to me when they cut uh, Glennon and Dobbs, there was seemed to be two camps on uh, on Twitter. There were the people that, you know, an incredible vote of confidence that Minshew's the guy. They don't need to worry about anything. I guess that's sort of true. But also the other camp would be uh, what you were talking about. The tank is on in full effect because Luton, I think, was like a sixth or a seventh round pick. He was pretty low on day three and so now you're talking about a professional football team rolling into week one with Minshew in there with no one behind him and probably a combination of James Robinson, Divine Azigbo and Chris Thompson running their running game so you know quite a uh, statement the Jaguars are making here well the Jags did sign Glennon to their uh, practice squad so they do have that depth going for them they must have changed the practice. I know they changed the, the amount on the practice squad, but they also must yeah. have changed like who's eligible. Because I could have sworn in years past it had to be like three years of service or less. And now Josh McCown's on the practice squad. Yeah, for the that is correct. There, there is no they, – they changed that for yeah. this year. And they also – you can protect four guys that other teams yeah. can't sign off your practice squad. But it's only for this year so far, right? They correct. haven't said that yeah. it's going forward. Because I had never seen so many like – vested veterans who've been around the block signing yeah. to a practice squad. Yeah, Josh McCowan secured the bag on that one. He's not only is he on the practice squad, he's getting paid a shit ton of money to pretty much just stay home and be on like Zoom calls. So that's that's hey, amazing that is right the there. Most 2020 thing ever. We you know? many of us got paid to stay home and be on Zoom calls. If anybody is looking for, you know, a slightly out of shape 33-year-old guy with decent hands, I'm, I'll, I'll join a practice squad somewhere. I can do some Zoom calls for you guys. You know, I'll do whatever you guys want me to do. You tell me. We do have a prediction really quick. Oh, that's such a horrible – that's such a horrible take, man. Horrible take. Nobody Cowboys wants win. to see okay. that. There's, there's, no, there's no, no East or West Coast in there. Cow- Cowboys it. win 31-20. Well, I I'll watch it, it, but... My boy Dak Prescott, Super Bowl MVP, and then see what Jerry does. <sighs> Not going to happen. Anyways, I lost my show sheet here while I was laughing at that. All right, so Titans did absolutely... Oh, Armstead goes back on the COVID list again, which is obviously bad news for all of us that, like, sprinted out to the waiver wire, whatever that was, Monday morning last week, and crashed sleeper servers and everything else trying to get Armstead. And now the dude's probably not going to play at least week one. So uh, I guess, I mean, I, I got to give it to Dennis. He was talking up o- Ozigbo, right? Is that it? I said it wrong, didn't yep. I? Ozigbo? No, sounds, Ozigbo? Sounds pretty good. Ozigbo. Okay. Ozigbo but, on Monday. And it does seem to be him and Thompson are going to be kind of the lead backs for this, oh, uh, this backfield. I don't know. If you look today, James Robinson has a higher projected point total than Divine Ozigbo. Yeah, it would be the most Jaguars thing to 
Well, I think they were they were pumping him up pretty bad, is what they were saying. I guess they were now they're saying that James Robinson and the way he showed out in camp was part of the reason why they were willing to let go of Leonard Fournette. I'm I'm not buying it. I'm pretty sure wrong, it's but. gonna be Mike Marone's uh, or Doug Marone's uh, wind sprints in practice were pretty impressive, and that was part of the reason they decided to let Fournette yeah. go because they find their head coach to the practice squad just in case. Yeah. Uh, so any thoughts on the Armstead thing? You guys, I guess if you're picking one, who you guys going for? Is it Ozigbo, Robinson, Thompson? I would imagine Thompson's going the highest right now. I've got a draft tonight. Um, I haven't looked at any ADPs, but. I would say Thompson and PPR, considering that Jay Gruden's their play caller, it would be the safest bet at this point in time. They don't have an incredible offensive line from what I remember. No, it's not great. Yeah, it's going to be, sure. you know, Robinson and Ozigbo are it wouldn't surprise me if the two of them are in a hot hand situation with Ozigbo being the starter. Um but when it comes to third down, it's for the three games he's gonna be healthy, it's gonna be Chris Thompson. And then they'll have to figure out who whether Robinson or Ozigbo or uh when Armstead comes back if he can uh be the pass catching back. Uh, I know they I believe I read uh that they're not sure that they don't expect Armstead to be back for a, a couple weeks, few weeks even. So he could be out for a little bit. So it's going to be that kind of mishmash of, uh, you know, probably the worst running back by committee we've seen in a number of years, unless one of them just busts out and ha- has enough volume that they totally surprise us. So we got this question in our Discord, and I thought I would bring it up here and see. Uh, if you had to pick, you know, let's let's say the four candidates are Armstead, Ozigbo, Robinson, and Chris Thompson. Who do you believe in most for us for the season? Obviously, week one, Armstead's not going to be there. But is there one that you like the most for the season? Armstead. I'm going to hang with. I, I'm sticking with Ozigbo. You know, Armstead now is already. You know, there's. There's been some talk about how COVID can have some long-term effects, and it seems like this is Armstead's second time on the COVID list. So it seems like there's something affecting him from having COVID. Uh, Thompson, I don't have a ton of faith he's going to stay healthy. And if he does stay healthy, I don't know if he'll be truly healthy or will he just be healthy enough to play and have much of his uh, effectiveness kind of zapped from nagging injuries. Robinson, he, he could be, you know, he, he's, he's only 5'9", but he's stocky, 219, ran a 4.64. He's got a little bit of burst, but he, he definitely doesn't have any long speed. So we'll see what happens there. It, it, like I said, it's going to be a lottery ticket type of deep flex if you're playing any of those guys. But since I already have more shares of Ozigbo than anybody else, I'm going to stick with my rosters. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, at this point, I think if you're taking any of these guys, you can't count on them to be anything better than like an RB3 or 4. And so for me, I, I'm still going to stick with Armstead just based on him being in the system last year, having everything going on. And then from what they were talking him up to be, I, I don't know. I, and I could be wrong in saying this. I think the first time he went on the COVID list was because of the contact tracing thing, not necessarily because he had COVID. I think this time 
is because well see i don't even think he tested positive this time i haven't heard about any new positive tests but i i don't think i know one of the times he went on there was because of the contact tracing thing not necessarily because he had covid whether that was this time or last time i'm not sure uh titans but they don't tell us when a player does have it either Yeah, well, I I just assumed it's not a positive test because they haven't posted anything about anybody testing positive lately. We've had all they keep talking about is how nobody's tested positive in the NFL circles lately, which is obviously a good thing. I know they the last one I think there was a couple coaches and maybe some staffers, but nothing, nothing player wise. So I would assume if if I mean I guess you could rule it out just if if Armstead's the only one going on there, but I, I don't. Again, you're right. They they don't tell us, so I don't know for sure. But I, I'm almost positive one of these times I heard them saying that it's because of it was a contract tracing issue, not necessarily him testing positive uh, with it. Uh, Titans did not do anything uh, roster wise here. The Broncos, uh, Levante Bellamy, who I was just kind of in on, just because Matt mentioned it before. The Broncos have always done a good job, kind of picking up those undrafted free agents. So he was a guy I was kind of grabbing late in some really deep leagues. He got cut, uh, and then Todd Davis, which Matt, you actually wrote an article about this. So for our IDP listeners out there, tell us why that's a a good move that, uh, or at least who they have there to kind of fill in those shoes with Todd Davis being gone. Yeah, so uh, Bellamy first uh, got signed onto the practice squad. So, um, you know, I think there's a chance, especially one injury, the Broncos are only carrying three running backs. They did actually put a undrafted free agent on their active roster in their corner, Sang Basie. Um, but the I had written it earlier this offseason uh, about Alexander Johnson, who kind of took over his, I think his first starting game, uh, game starting was um, against the Chargers last year, which was the Broncos' first win after they'd started 0-4. He kind of came into the middle linebacker starting season, and, and then the next game was when they played the Titans at home, and they held Derrick Henry to like 43 yards. He made a huge difference on their Uh, rush defense but he also compiled a lot of stats I was looking at he was pretty close to the team uh, to the top of the team in tackles even though he only started 12 games Uh, and he had a lot of other great stats they also moved to trade for Mark Barron uh, or to sign Mark Barron uh, so that they had a little better inside linebacker coverage on uh, tight ends so all that led them to kind of releasing Todd Davis because he was a veteran who they no longer saw as their three down middle linebacker. That position is going to be taken by Alexander Johnson. He was somebody you could get real, real cheap uh, earlier in the season in IDP. Um, but I would run out and get him because I think he's, he's due for a monster season. He's going to take over uh, being the primary play caller. They're going to use Josie Jewell opposite him on the first and second down and then use Mark Barron a lot on passing downs. Yeah, I mean, not that this matters, but I do like Jewel and Johnson. When I uh, did my online Madden franchise, I was using the Denver Broncos. They were both very good for me, so took me to took me to one Super Bowl and an AFC Championship. So I, I was fairly happy with the way that they progressed on Madden for me. Uh, on the Chiefs side here, I just mentioned this because he was part of the XFL, but uh, Jordan Tamu was uh, released. Not not a really big issue there, but uh, he was a notable name. Uh, Raiders make this a little bit more fun. So they decided to trade Lynn Bowden Jr. to Miami, uh, who is now listed as one of their wide receivers. They also trade, or I'm sorry, they cut uh, Theo Riddick, Marcel Aitman, and Keelan 
Doss, Tyrell Williams is going on injured reserved and done for the season. So actually a little bit to talk about here, especially fantasy side. Let's save the Bowden for Miami talk when he gets to Miami, about how this might affect Oakland's fantasy value now with Bowden gone. Uh, Bowden and Riddick gone, does this increase your guys' thoughts on possibly Jacobs getting more catches or the fact that Richard's still there? How do you guys kind of value Jacobs and Richard now with all of these other backs gone? I think you keep Jacobs up there in the top 15 uh, where he's been. We, we know Gruden's not afraid to take a running back and run him into the ground. Uh, he did it with Cadillac Williams. Um, Jacobs is a decent pass catcher. Whether they felt like he was dinged up last year so they didn't want to give him the extra reps or uh, they didn't want to put too much on him in terms of learning the offense after uh, splitting time so heavily in college, you know, who knows? He's had an offseason to get healthy. Uh, he's in his second year with the same playbook. He doesn't have to learn really any new terminologies. He's, it's, it's now been nine months of just mastering the playbook. So I, I expect Jacobs to have a larger role. I, I don't know that uh, Richard poses a huge threat to his floor. I don't think Jacobs was ever going to catch 70, 80, 90 passes but he's probably going to be in the 40 to 50 range. Um, and, and Richard will probably get 60 targets. And then for whatever reason, I th think they kept Devontae Booker's their third back. Uh, Matt, Matt can expound on that. I don't, I don't get that one. Uh, I, I think that uh, if you have Jacobs, you should feel very, very comfortable that you have, uh, if not a workhorse back, as close to a workhorse back without being a workhorse back as you you can get. Yeah, I mean, I think Jacobs will end up getting a little bit more in uh, the passing game, so that'll be something interesting to look for. Last year, Richard had 36 receptions. DeAndre Washington had 36 receptions. So, you know, combined there, you're looking at about 72 uh, passes that went to those kind of ancillary running backs. It will be interesting to see what uh, Booker uh, brings to the team. You know, he's a solid uh, number three running back option. I would think uh, that, um, you know, if Jacobs was to get injured and miss time, they wouldn't want Richard to be a primary rusher, but Booker actually has a little bit of heft and could be that kind of a runner. What's also interesting to me is I thought they brought in Riddick because they were looking for that kind of consistent passing back. And when he got cut free, I thought it was maybe a nod to the, that Richard has stepped up because last year it seemed like that might be a role that Richard would be able to fill and it didn't quite materialize, but they are, uh, they did bring in Dario Ogunbowale for a visit, which uh, you would think if, if they go that direction, that is because they're looking for a passing down specialist. So a lot of people were really quick to buy into the idea that Josh Jacobs becomes this incredible three down pass catching running back. I would not say that the moves they've made uh, necessarily guarantee that, especially if they're still searching for people, it may just be a sign they didn't see what they wanted in, in those guys that they had. Yeah, I guess I forgot to mention that Devonta Freeman technically came into the Jaguars for a a visit. I, I ended up dropping players to pick up Devonta Freeman really quick, just in case that happened. That didn't work out. So, that, you know, 
fun times for that stuff. But uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't. You've got I'm fifty so, plus teams. Picking him up in a couple places isn't going to hurt yeah, you. You know, it yeah. will because I'll forget that I picked him up and forget to drop him at some point and pick up players that actually matter. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't, um, I still think Jacobs is going to be fine. I, it probably raises him a little bit for me, knowing now that he's going to get some passing work. That was kind of my big reason on why I had him a little bit lower than others uh, is just because I was a little bit worried he wasn't going to get that receiving work. He's going to be more like Nick Chubb and just getting a lot of rushing down work, not necessarily some receiving work. So I'll raise him up a little bit uh, for me. For the Chargers, nothing major. I did like that K.J. Hill made the roster. He, he's a guy that I've, I've stashed in a lot of leagues, I think could could end up being that slot receiver there for them and, and could be, uh, I think, a really good player with Herbert, especially once he takes over. Uh, Cowboys, I just had to mention this because my fellow Buckeye there, Devin Smith, he got cut. I, I, it's sad to see that happen. That guy's had so many injuries. He was a phenomenal player at Ohio State with that speed. It just sucked to see uh, that he got cut from the Cowboys. Giants, nothing major. Eagles, I, I just put this on here. Not major fantasy news was for the guys that got cut in Elijah Holyfield and Michael Warren the third. Uh, I did hate to see Michael Warren the third go. I know a lot of people were kind of big fans of his out of Cincinnati. I just think that this reaffirms that Miles Sanders is good to go. I think a lot of people have been worried that he's been injured and he's not going to be able to play or not going to be 100%. I don't think the Eagles cut both those guys if he's not going to be ready to go week one. So if you've got a a draft or anything in the next couple days, unless something comes out in the next two, three days before your – well, can't be three days before your draft. Unless something comes out in the next day or so, Miles Sanders should be good to go, at least in my opinion. Do you guys have any thoughts on the Eagles stuff? Well, I think it it reaffirms their faith in Boston Scott and Corey Clement as the platoon backs with Miles Sanders, that they're very comfortable with that RBBC uh, with with those guys and, and their health. Not even flinching, huh? No, Miles Sanders is a stud. I don't, I don't even care. I'm not worried about Boston Scott. I like Corey Clement. Like I, Boston, I mean, Scott, Boston Scott, he had a great closeout to last season. He did. Didn't they also uh, they signed Huntley? I think. Yeah, Jason Huntley. Whatever. Yeah, yeah so the I think he's going to be a special teamer. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'd be more worried about Clement. What Clement showed me in those playoffs, especially that Super Bowl, that catch. I mean, my God, I was so happy when Philly beat the Patriots in that Super Bowl. But anyways, uh, yeah, I'm not worried I mean, about Boston been drafting Scott. Boston Scott based on oh, the belief he's going to have standalone flex value. I know, and I, as I joked about in our group chat when I did uh, my – what did we keep? 12 keepers in that draft, and someone drafted Boston Scott in like the third round of that draft. like, oh, yeah, he's going to get a ton of value. And I'm like, I was just laughing the whole time about Boston Scott. But Boston Scott, okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. I'll take DeAndre Swift. Don't worry about it. You guys take your Boston Scott. So, yeah, I'm Boston Scott. Watch him outscore Miles Sanders this year now as I'm sitting here and ranting and raving. Watch, I'll give Miles Sanders Watch in. Boston Scott be a top 48 running back while Adrian Peterson destroys your DeAndre Swift. Oh, no, <laughs> we're about to get to that, too. Who's laughing now? I know. So Washington, uh, as Matt just mentioned, cut uh, Adrian Peterson. He ends up signing with Detroit. Uh, Trey Quinn, which I thought was interesting. I was never really in on Trey Quinn, but there were a lot of very high Trey Quinn believers that thought he this was this was they, his they year were again. Certainly very high. They were certainly <laughs> <Yeah>. very high. <laughs> <laughs> so he is now gone. I don't even think he landed on a practice squad or anything, if I'm remembering correctly. So I don't I would think the Trey Quinn experience is likely done. Uh NFC North, the Bears didn't do anything big. The Lions, they bring in Adrian Peterson. 
I personally am not that worried about it. I still think it's going to be Swift. I, I do think Peterson, if anything, I think Peterson kind of cuts into what I thought Bo Scarborough was going to do and kind of be that goal line back. I think that's where they're going to bring Peterson in, maybe the short yardage guy, but Peterson for the Hall of Famer that he is does not have the hands that DeAndre Swift has. He does not have the elusiveness at this point in his career that DeAndre Swift has. So I personally, as a DeAndre Swift owner in multiple leagues, am not worried about Adrian Peterson outside of probably vulturing some touchdowns. But I still think it's going to be Swift jo- Swift's job. I think if anything, it kind of reaffirms to me that they don't believe in carry on Johnson anymore. I think it's going to be more of a Swift Peterson thing than anything else. But what do you guys think? Well, I'm double checking, but I believe they waive Scarborough. And no, he's on IR. Yeah, he's on oh, IR. That's, right. that's what I'm saying. Like, that's, I, right. I, that's why I think they brought Peterson in because if I think if they believed in Carry On, they wouldn't have done it. I think Carry On would have been right there as that hammer kind of guy and all that. I think that's why they brought Peterson in because they just I don't think they believe in Carry On. I think it's a Swift Peterson thing. They said he's got yeah. some injury, but I don't think it's anything. I personally don't think it's a big deal. I imagine he's probably not going to be the starter week one, but I don't think it's anything that's going to keep him out multiple weeks. I can't remember what they said it was. I think last I looked, it said undisclosed injury. I don't, I'm, you know, I don't know. Well, I, I, I think there's, well, well, I can buy into the theory that uh, Swift is the better back between him and carry on Johnson. Um, that, that, that's plausible. Peterson is taking Bo Scarborough's place. Um, does that mean that, you know, I've been calling for Scarborough to get to vulture 10 touchdowns, you know, for the last couple months. So does that mean that Peterson's going to vulture those 10 touchdowns? Maybe, you know, probably if, if they're bringing him in, I feel like Patricia is going to use him at what he, what he can do best at this point in his career. And, I think what Peterson can do best is at 225 pounds is when you need a yard, he can get you a yard. And when it's, you know, second and one, second and goal at the one, Peterson's going to be the guy getting the ball there. Uh, I I think Swift and so I feel like it's going to be like a a 45, 35, 20 kind of split or a, Maybe maybe a little more for Swift uh, after he gets back, uh, but I don't think Carry On is going to be phased out by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I mean we we can't dismiss the fact that Matt Patricia comes from that Bill Belichick school of let's take your running back hopes and dreams and just throw them under a bus and then back over them again just when you're trying to get back up. I mean, comes from that fuck all you fantasy guys school of thought. <laughs> yeah. At some point in time, if the Lions uh, sign Jonas Gray and throw him out there for a four touchdown game, it's not going to shock any of us. But I, I think that it, they're going to use multiple backs. Uh, Swift could very well end up being the, the best of the three. I think the three of us like him, especially long term, and his skill set the best. But you know, people have been saying all along this is going to be more of a veteran offseason. It's going to be more of a veteran season. These rookies didn't get much of an offseason to integrate in. They had the weirdest training camp in the history of the NFL. There was no preseason. Swift already a little banged up. I think Detroit has a good team. I think that they, you know, they want to win. And we've also seen Carryon Johnson has a very hard time making it through 16 games. So it, to me, it's not, it's, 
it's a bummer just probably because of you know when when you hear the name Adrian Peterson you think of something different than some other people they could have brought in to play that role I would tend to be like Dennis he's probably be a short yardage guy he'll probably get some early down work he wasn't going to be the pass catcher in Washington so he's certainly not going to be that there but that might mean that DeAndre Swift's best value is kind of more of a James White Chris Thompson kind of role this year yeah, I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to keep on the train that I, I don't think running backs will be affected as much. I mean, I mean, I could see this obviously with Adrian Peterson, but I think running back is the easiest position to transfer into the NFL with the especially with the way that I've heard them talking about how well he seems to read the way defenses are playing him and whatnot. They thought him coming in, he was much more prepared for the NFL draft than they thought he was going to be, uh, or not NFL draft, for the NFL than they thought he was going to be. So I'm not as worried about Swift. I do think well, I don't, and I've said this from the beginning, I don't think he starts right off the bat week one, same as like a Jonathan Taylor. By week three or four, I, in my opinion, I think they're going to be starting players, especially with both those teams wanting to win now and make it to the playoffs. You have to play your better players, and Swift is better than anybody else on their roster. I don't care how good Adrian Peterson was. He's not that now. Uh, Packers do nothing major. Vikings, not a big deal here, but they cut both Jake Browning and Nate Stanley. I think just reaffirming their love and trust in Captain Kirk, Clutch Cousins, the Matt Matt Fox's favorite player right there. So just wanted to put that out there. Falcons release Laquan Treadwell. Is he one of like the worst first round picks and rookie drafts that we can think of? Was, was it like him and Corey Davis are kind of right there at the top? Look, he went to Twitter and he he, he told anybody that would listen that that he balled out in camp, that it wasn't because he he wasn't good, that it was it was a business decision on the Falcons' part. Wow. That's a bad business decision, then I guess. <laughs> so to no, your, uh... I, I think I think he was he's he's uh he's been a you know what wait, what it was Treadwell Coleman and Boyd in that draft class, right? Yeah, no, I think Boyd uh, was like a second round Dox, pick. Dox, oh, Doxon was another one Dox, in there too. Yeah. Doxon. And, yeah, and yeah, 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 some yeah, people yeah. were taking Treadwell and Doxon 101, 102. And, uh, yeah. Because that was the year that came out, right? It, was uh, it the year? No, it was Will Fuller draft year. Because Fuller went later in the draft. In yeah, the draft. so did Boyd, though, too. I think Boyd was yeah, like a second-round pick that year. Yeah. Golly, man, that sucks. Whew, that's bad. All right, uh, Panthers uh, release Reggie Bonifon, which I think just kind of secures Mike Davis as the backup for CMC. So if you have CMC, you want to have his backup. I think it's Mike Davis there. I don't expect him to get much outside of that. Uh, Saints, they let go of Austin Carr and little Jordan Humphrey. I just want to throw that in there for all my UT fans that listen because y'all were so high on little Jordan Humphrey, and I told you guys he wasn't that good. He is now no longer on a team. The Bucks. This is the interesting one. So they bring in Josh Rosen, and I'm curious as to what. You, well, well, let's go the next two first. We'll talk. We'll save Rosen for last. But he does sign with with the Bucks. Uh, Raymond Calais is gone. He ends up going to the practice squad for the Los Angeles Rams. There are a lot of people who are high no, on Calais. No, they they actually Tampa signed him to their practice squad, and the uh, Rams poached him to their active roster. Interesting. I did not know that. Somebody off a practice squad, you got to put them on your active roster. Okay, that's interesting. I did not know that. I think uh, interesting fit there too. Then, especially with the way McVay runs that offense, there's a lot of people who really liked uh, Clay down there. And then, of course, Dare. I'm not going to say his last name. He was cut. Ogumbawale. 
Oh, there you go. Wale. So Josh oh, Rosen. Catch 100 passes for John Gruden. Right. Yeah. yeah. So Josh Rosen, uh, I mean, thoughts. Uh, I know supposedly the reports are that he passed up chances to be backup quarterback somewhere to go to this practice squad. I mean, look, I'm going to be honest. I was never high on Josh Rosen. He has not shown me anything in the NFL to prove that I should be high on him. I do not think this is him going in there to learn from Brady and to become the eventual starter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think at this point, he's just a career backup. But what are your guys' thoughts on Rosen? I agree that it's not him going in there to learn from Brady. It's him going in there to learn from Arians and Leftwich. Uh, he has a relationship with Leftwich. Leftwich was there when he was drafted in Arizona. And then Leftwich and uh, the, the team there got canned. The, the, the managers, uh, coaches got canned. Um, I, I think, you know, I'm not out on Rosen yet. I, I can't think of a single player that has gotten dealt more shitty hands Um and, and I get it. You, you know, when, when you think somebody is going to give your team a better chance to win, you draft them. Um, I wouldn't, I don't think I would have drafted Kyler Murray, but I also don't run Cliff Kingsbury's offense. And I'm not anybody that would be known uh, as a believer in the long term viability of Cliff Kingsbury's offense. Uh, I think the jury is still out two years into it. I don't get the people calling Kyler Murray the, the, passing champ this year and going to win the MVP. I, I'm, I'm, I don't buy into that at all. Um, I, I think Miami was a little bit different situation. I know I, Tua was my QB one coming into this rookie class. So I, I get, I can see, I, I didn't have Rosen as my QB one in his class, but I mean, shit, Rosen is still younger than Joe Burrow by almost a full year. So it's not like he's 28 years old, 29 years old, and he's been bouncing around. Uh, you know, he's he's 23, uh, and he's on his eighth offensive coordinator in as many years, it seems. Or I think eighth offensive coordinator in six seasons with, with coaching changes. So I I think it's a, it's a situation where Rosen, you know, you remember when uh, Washington drafted Robert Griffin and then a, three rounds later drafted Kirk Cousins and Kirk Cousins, yeah. they, they're like, why would they do that? And then he sat behind Griffin and, and sat behind Griffin and then he got his shot. I think it's that's probably as close of analogy as, as I can find to what Rosen needs to do. But he needs to do it in the same system so that when he gets a chance to play, that he's got everything that, that he hasn't spent the last three to six months learning a brand new system. And maybe he's playing with a, a, an offensive line that is fairly decent. So we can adequately judge whether or not he actually sucks. You know, I saw a tweet the so, other day that said, it, has any, has any quarterback ever had more excuses made for him than Josh Rosen? And I and I'm like okay I I, I see that side Brandon of it. Whedon, Brandon Whedon's right up there on top of my head. So he's got a lot of excuses made for him. I so don't you're saying there being a lot of excuses made for him? Yeah, it's talking about how bad the Browns teams were. 
Uh, so you're uh, so what you're saying is that you think Josh Ro- Josh Rosen's tweet is going to come true that he's going to show those other nine teams that pass on him the mistakes that they made, huh? I I just don't see it. I I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I I am of the camp with Dennis. So let's look at the the Buccaneers. They fully intend to be competing this year. I think most of us think they'll either be right on the cusp of the playoffs or in the playoffs. Tom Brady's 43. He's on a two-year deal. Maybe he plays both. Maybe he only plays one. You never know. Behind him, they have Lane Gabbert and Ryan Griffin. Neither of those guys is your quarterback of the future. If I'm Bruce Arians and I can get Josh Rosen for free and I can put him on my practice squad, I don't think it would be a big shock three or four weeks into the season to see Griffin let go, and they elevate Rosen up to be number three and to be looking at the future and to seeing if they can invest in it. If there's any coach that you're thinking is going to take one of those young guys and try to invest in them, you know, Arians isn't just – he's – this I thought was actually a pretty brilliant move. They're not just thinking about competing now. They're thinking about what do you do next because when you have one of those veteran quarterbacks that makes you a consummate uh, contender and play, and – and, you know, in the hunt, and then they retire. As somebody who went through that experience with Denver, you're not high enough to go and get a good franchise quarterback without selling the farm. But if you can get a development guy and you can bring them along, you know, that's what Denver tried to do when they had Manning with with Brock Osweiler. It didn't exactly work, but I don't think it's a terrible idea for them to do that, to try to integrate them. It really costs them nothing. He didn't look for a big money deal because he had that guaranteed money he's getting paid out from the contract that was terminated. I thought it makes some good sense. Yeah. yeah I, and they don't have to, you know, they, they can protect him this year on the practice squad. So nobody else can take him. They don't have to promote him. Even if they decide they're going to move on from Griffin and just go um, with Gabbard as the backup, they can keep Rosen there next year, then put Rosen on the active roster so nobody poaches him. Let him sit then a year and back up Brady, and, and then then he's going to be 25 years old going into the 2022 season, uh, and and he'll have a, a legitimate shot. So it it, it is it, it was a brilliant move by uh, shit. What's his name now? Arians. Um, to be able to get somebody with that kind of draft capital and, and see if he could fix them. You know, coaches always think they can fix a player. That's why players that, – that, you know, that's why Blake Bortles went where he was. They thought they could fix his accuracy. That's why Josh Allen went where he did. They thought they can fix his accuracy. Well, Rosen well, is accurate. Out, you know, as Rosen you pointed is out, accurate. I agree. No one knows his professional – experience better than Leftwich, who was the offensive coordinator there or in that team in Arizona when Rosen was actually the starter. And he didn't look great, but the team there was a more there was a reason more than just Josh Rosen that they were picking back at number one right again the next year. Question. I'm gonna tag myself in really quick. You say that and then, then Kyler Murray comes in with the exact same team and balls out. So that's all I'm saying. But they were still top ten again this year they were they were yeah. not a great team and he i understand they weren't a great team but look at what kyler murray did with that offense compared to what josh rosen did with the same weapons yeah he, he got him a offense. it's not it wasn't the same weapons it's not the same system it doesn't, it doesn't matter the same system a one for one comparison that i, that, I just yeah. did right there i just yeah. did right there 
I just did right there. That well, offensive line, I agree with that. Horrible. Doesn't Kyle make Murray it so. Came in there. It does make yeah, it so because I said so. And uh, led him to a top ten draft pick. Kyler yeah, Murray and, came that's in okay. and led him to a top ten draft pick. Yeah, I, I didn't. But say you're that acting he, like he led him to good. the playoffs. No, but like he was he better than Rosen. But he was better than Rosen. Is my point. But Rosen, was how do you know Rosen didn't get to play last year? Who knows what Rosen would have done last year? He didn't get to play because he's not good. That's the whole Rosen point of this discussion. Entire season and changed offensive coordinators during his freaking season. They fired oh, Mike. Ooh, ooh. They changed the Browns offensive coordinator mid-season of his rookie year, and he had one of the best seasons of all time. That's all I'm saying. Your you comparison his season and Kyler Murray's season is honestly shameful because it's not even the same experience. It's honestly, from a football standpoint, if you took your animosity towards Rosen out of it, that's honestly shameful. To try to compare them, not even close to the same situation. I disagree. I'm sure that's what Josh Rosen is saying to me too, but it doesn't matter. He's not a good quarterback, and I, I will be proven right on that eventually. But that's fine. We can disagree. There's nothing wrong with that. Just saying, he's not that good. Uh, NFC West, the Cardinals. They cut my guy Hakeem Butler. Uh, doesn't land on a team either. Speaking which of bad, sucks, holy God, that, did he? Did he stop? Oh, he's Jesus so good. Christ. He is. So good, and once he lands on a new team, he's going to be just fine. I'm assuming Calgary, Stampeders, here he comes. Are you surprised the Cardinals didn't take him to their practice squad? Because I, I think it's no. weird. Like Denver gave up on Jawan Winfrey too, a guy that a couple last year a lot of people thought was going to be a sleeper. They not only didn't put him on the active roster, they actively took th- two other receivers to the practice squad instead of him. Looks like the Cardinals did kind of the same thing. No, I don't. Uh, I posted this on Twitter because a lot of people were saying that it must mean that he's extremely bad or whatever. It's easy to get out of of players nowadays, especially rookie players or young players. They signed him as a, or they got him as a fourth round pick. He was injured all last year. I would imagine, especially now coming into this year, with the way that it was, they bring in a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. He's not going to be able to show much of anything at camp. Why not just let him go? You're not going to get hurt at all when it comes to the cap money. Just get rid of him. They feel like they're good. At, they've got Andy Isabella for whatever reason. They decided to keep him. He's an absolute stud. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised one bit. You get rid of him. You keep other – I don't think they need the wide receiver depth with everything else going on, so why keep him on your practice squad when you can keep other players? I don't I don't think it's a bad thing that they got rid of him. I'm actually thrilled that they got rid of him because once the Hopkins trade came in, I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit down in the dumps. I was like, well, there goes all my Hakeem Butler shares because they got DeAndre Hopkins, so – uh, let's but see, where would Rams. he fit? Where, where does Butler fit, oh, though? Oh, man, I don't I mean, know. I posted it the other day. There's a bunch of teams that need a wide receiver like him. I mean, the Packers was one of the ones right off the top of my head. I think he could go in there and be a good fit for them. I mean, is he better work. than Lazard or MVS or Equinemius, He's better though? Yes, and Equinemius, yes. Probably not uh, Lazard, but Lazard plays a description of his skills and his hands he might be a better fit for the Packers than that, what they've actually yeah, exactly I mean Lazard plays a completely different role than I think Hakeem Butler would they don't have a guy to play Hakeem Butler's role that'd be MVS and I don't think MVS is good that's just but I know you like him I don't I would take Butler over is Butler I didn't think team. Butler was a speed guy though he's not a speed guy he's got the size though CFL yeah, yeah that's MBS what everybody keeps saying he'd still be a stud well, that's all right. They have MBS a speed guy in Adams guy, and Lazard. They don't need a speed guy. But uh, MVS is faster than both of them. I know he is. I'm not saying he's not, but he's not he good. Really- that's my point. He's not good. That's why he's not on the field. 
He's anyway. going to be the starter. He started last season. He's going to start this yeah, year. Yeah, no, they they've been really pumping him up. I can't wait but to see wait going, to see him finish his wide receiver five as a wide receiver five this year. The way the offseason's going, Hakeem Butler's going to end up on the Buccaneers practice squad. Yeah, probably. And he'll be better. He'll be a better quarterback than Josh Rosen. On to the Rams. They cut John Kelly, which I was excited about because I'm all in on uh, Justin Jackson. And who else? Who am I forgetting? Who else did they just sign there? Justin Jackson doesn't play for the Rams. You're right. He doesn't. He plays for the Los Angeles Chargers. Same team, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He'll be their wide receiver too, sir. Wide receiver too. Do not disrespect Hakeem Butler like that. Um, John Kelly, so that – that probably just paves the way for what Malcolm Brown. Yeah, Xavier Acres, Jones, Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown. Yeah. Pick up Xavier Jones. Jones if you haven't already. Jared's been touting him for a while now. He looks like he did make the roster, so he looks like he's going to be pretty good. Uh, Kevin White oh, for the 49ers. Not a big surprise there. Oh yeah, they Rams, did get Clay. Just talked about. Him. Yeah. And then Seahawks, they let go of uh, Paul Richardson. Rashard Penny goes to Pup, and then they signed Josh Gordon. Speaking of Josh Gordon, I just got a really shitty trade, if I don't mind saying so. Or unless maybe you guys can tell me I'm wrong on this. I was just offered, I get Josh Gordon and Odell Beckham Jr., which, don't get me wrong, love me some Odell Beckham Jr. I give up James White, Brandon Cooks, and Terry McLaurin. Are either one of you accepting that? Because I'm not. Definitely not. No. I mean, your top-end guys are probably not that far apart, but that would take a belief in Gordon. That's somebody saying Matt is gonna Matt is gonna fall for Gordon because he was a Brown. That's what one of that's what that well, trade is. I did, I did post that I was happy that he was back, but all right, that kind of Honestly, finishes I, that. Go I ahead, said, I gotta get the, this other podcast on here, so I'll let you guys I talk about those that. last moves. I laughed so hard when uh, Paul Richardson got released, not because anything against him, but when they signed him not very long ago, I remember there was a few guys that ran out to uh, pick him up saying, oh, he's going to be such an impact player for the Seahawks. I'm like, I don't really think so. And just see make the team. Yeah. Poor Hakeem Butler. Oh, wait. Well, we're not even talking about Hakeem Butler. We're talking about Paul Richardson. Still got Hakeem Butler on the mind. Oh, man. This always makes me happy, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> hey, who a lot of Browns fans wanted Josh Rosen to be drafted over Baker Mayfield, and then we got that guy. They don't and want that now. Oh, I know. I was arguing with Browns fans back when that draft. I was like, you don't want Josh Rosen. He's not good. Hashtag Matt. The, the one that'll be curious is uh, if Rosen gets rebuilt and gets a chance, whether he ends up better than – I still like Sam Darnold's potential. Maybe he'll get an actual coach, but – so far, he we will. have not seen a Next lot year. from him. I mean, really, we haven't seen – well, you got what? Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson have been by far the best, and that hurts my heart and to say that. Baker had a pretty – Yeah, the phenomenal season. rookie season, which I just talked about, yes. You know, when they switch offensive coordinators midway through the season, and yet he was but still he able to drive. coordinator last year and looked like he'd never same. played – Well, ball. that's because Freddie Kitchens is, is, you know, I don't want to use the word I was going like, to say. He's an I'm, idiot. That's yeah. the nice way to say it. You He's can't praise him and throw him under the bus. I can praise and throw him. He's a phenomenal offensive coordinator. He's a stupid head coach, and that's what screwed him last year. But anyways, we are joined now by the Green Grass FF pod. We've got Gorilla Glue FF and Golden Goat FF. What's going on, guys? Thanks for taking some time to join us today. No, thanks for having us, man. Shit. Absolutely. 
What so uh, tell us, really the guys, appreciate it. We are big fans of Dynasty Nerds. Well, that's all that guy way over there. That he's the one who handles all that stuff. I'm just the, <laughs> the other two. We're just you know we're nobody's there. Uh, tell us, tell us a little bit, and all all our listeners a little well, bit about your guys' podcast. Yeah, start them off, right? Why don't you start that? Well, absolutely. Thanks again. Really appreciate it. Happy Labor Day to you guys. Um, yeah, happy Labor Day weekend to you guys. Um, we are a new podcast. We just started a few months ago. Only have a few episodes under our belt right now, um, but we're Dynasty. Wait, focused, isn't Dynasty it Memorial Day? <laughs> it's, it's not Memorial Day. <laughs> yeah, it definitely feels exactly. like it. That's for sure. It's exactly. been one of those summers. Making man. fun of my tweet screw up this morning. <laughs> All right, keep going, Ray. Uh, yeah, definitely. With 2020, it feels like that. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, we're just a brand new podcast. We love to uh, bet on sports. We love watching sports, everything from football to basketball to tennis and MMA. If there's a ball or someone's chasing someone else, we will bet on it. Um, and uh, I've been in fantasy for about five to six years. Um, and my brother, uh, Brennan's been into it much longer, so I'll let him take it over. Yeah, I've been playing fantasy for basically my whole life. Um, uh, just been playing in money leagues basically our podcast about winning your leagues and making you money every podcast you turn into you're going to make money we're a gambling dynasty pod uh please go follow our youtube page green grass ff on youtube um anything you turn into and make money i've made over a thousand dollars in the last two weeks gambling on soccer so come, come come get those picks come get those picks man come get those picks so I was watching episode four the other day. Is it just you two or do you guys have another two guys? I saw the other two guys on there. They join you every single episode or is that just a the one-time deal? So Bronco Bud's on with us every episode. He's actually a big tennis and MMA expert. He brings a lot of tennis stuff. I think he, he had like on 10 straight tennis bets for us. So yeah. well, very obscure niche bets that are great for you. He's also great at fantasy, but he does a lot of the tennis MMA stuff. And then we got Flex Luther. He's actually a former professional rugby player and a former All-State Colorado uh, football player, punt returner and wide receiver. Could have played college football, but went and played rugby instead. So he's he's a great, great football mind, great scout for us. He's a little insane, but he's great. <laughs> great. For, yeah, a little insane. Yeah, so those guys are so almost always it, on with us every week, though. Gotcha. I take yeah. it from your yeah, background and your script of guys you might you might yeah. Be in oh Colorado. yeah. We're big Bronco buds. We're big Bronco buds here. We're it's kind of uh, if you grow up in Colorado, you kind of get indoctrinated in. It's kind of like a, it's a big thing here. It's people who don't even like football know about the Broncos. That's but we're all yeah. in. We're all I'm in on Drew Lock. What was that? I'm, on, I'm down in Colorado Springs. So uh, where are you guys in Denver area? I'm in Fort Collins right now. So if you look behind my window, you can see uh, my backyard's on fire. Uh, that's a little terrifying. That's right. uh, the, the blizzard is on its way in to just yeah. put that out, right? You know, 90 to 20 in a day and a half. I can't see how anyone's going to not get a, a little tickle and a cough, which means we're all going to be home yeah. under for two weeks. Welcome to Colorado, right? We get three days of 90 degrees and then 30. And now it's, it's raining ash outside my house right now. Yeah. I'm just, it's craziness. It's absolutely craziness. Uh, prayers out to everybody in those wildfires right now, but it's, is absolutely our state's on fire right now, man. Jeez, Ugh, it's nuts. I wonder, I wonder yeah. if I should just kick me and Dennis off and just let you the Broncos <laughs> kind of take over here. Let let you guys have a have a nice little little Bronco powwow here. All right, so I assume <laughs> I was going to ask you guys what your favorite team is. I I assume everybody is then it's the Denver Broncos for all you guys. 
Oh yeah. Oh, it's, it's Broncos. And I was going to actually mention, um, I got Cortland Sutton here, uh, probably one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL. Uh, I'll talk about him more and, but he is someone with an ADP, I think a 53.8 underdog fantasy. And, uh, in my opinion, he can be, have a top five season next year. He finally has some consistency at quarterback and OC. So that's that I can get into it later. I don't want to bore you with Cortland Sutton, but no, yeah. go ahead. Cause I think, uh, funny enough, the three of us do rankings for our discord channel for, for our yearly rankings. And I distinctly remember me and Dennis both having him much higher than Matt Fox, who is the Broncos fan on this podcast. Oh. Uh, I haven't finished in as a top 12 guy. So, uh, no, you really I think top 12, I don't think. Oh, you did you, did you? Oh. Okay. My yeah, bad. I, I thought you had him lower. Okay. <laughs> that would have okay. broke my, my heart. Bad. That would have broke my, my heart. Maybe it was like, lock. I know you're you're lower on lock, right? Is that it? I'm high on lock, and you're lower on lock. Is that what it was? Yeah, I think you had him closer. I, I mean, I had, I had him, him top twelve. I, I had lock at top twelve too. Yeah, smart man. I mean, there's a lot of veteran quarterbacks, and Denver actually can run the ball. So, mm. oh, well, well, I, running back in football, Philip Lindsay. Well, just no, to jump in why there. Why you gotta I, say that? I was gonna, I was gonna <laughs> set him up to see what they thought about that. But go ahead, give us your Cortland Sutton love really quick. I'm gonna ask you guys a question. No, big a big thing actually with Drew Locke too, portraying to both of them. My the biggest reason I'm uh, big on Cortland Sutton and Drew Locke is the change at OC. Actually, uh, I love the Rick Scandrell as a Broncos fan, but as far as fantasy receivers and quarterbacks go, not my favorite. He was 27th last year. The Broncos were 27th in passing attempts last year, and I know it has a lot to do with having three quarterbacks start, but still, we didn't throw the ball much last year. And despite all that, Cortland Sutton was still, I think, 18th overall in a half point PPR leagues. Finish that. And on top of that, we brought in Pat Shermer. And he last year, the last two years, was top 10 in passing attempts and bottom three in rushing attempts. So I think it's going to finally open up. And you just saw the beginning of it last year in Cortland Sutton. But. Well, I'd just like to go on the record as saying that Matt Bruning had Cortland Sutton the lowest of us. Bruning had him. Shit, at, I really did. I had him at right, seventeen. I, I had him at thirteen, and Fox has him at twelve. Well, I'll get that changed, but I am high on Courtney Sutton. All right, so, I love that. Uh, Melvin Gordon or Philip Lindsay? Who, who oh, do you guys is... think is going to be the best back there in in Denver? Because there's two of us that lean one way, and one person that I don't want to say leans the other, but believes in the other guy more. So, who do you guys have? I'm gonna let Ryan take this one. I'm gonna let Ryan take this one for sure. Oh, I'm a homer. I'm a CU Buffs guy, so you can already know where I'm gonna say. But uh, I'm Philip Lindsay all day for me. He had two back-to-back thousand-yard seasons with questionable offensive line play, questionable quarterback play. Uh, he is a guy to own in that backfield. I know they spent Gordon, but um, he's not the guy. I would I would rather have Lindsay. He's had a camp. Everyone out of camp is saying that he's looking like the guy. Um, it looks like they're going to start as a committee anyways. So if you give Philip Lindsay that shot, I think he's going to take over the role. Yeah, what do you guys think? Because I think I, I was more Melvin Gordon four weeks ago, but Melvin Philip Lindsay does not go away. He's a dog. And I heard the other day Vic Fangio won't announce a starter. So yeah. that's worrisome for me, Melvin Gordon. I'll, I'll tell, Actually, I'll tell yeah, you what we think. Came out there both a starter. He said they're customers. oh, see, so that's Bruning has Bruning has Gordon at 21, Lindsay at 25. Okay, I have okay. Lindsay at 18, Gordon at 22, and Fox has Lindsay at 21 and Gordon at 24. Yeah, I would say that's about right. All that I, I, I did have Melvin Gordon in front, but it seems like I'm trending more towards Philip Lindsay. What do you guys oh, think? Melvin Gordon's no. already hurt. 
Robert said he can't breathe here and fucking suck. <laughs> so. I did see that. I was like, what? So I will say that I'm, I'm probably not a fair person to ask either. I'm I'm very biased like Ryan. Philip Lindsay was actually, when I first got into riding and everything, Philip Lindsay was my call to be a breakout running back. So I've wow. always been on the Philip Lindsay train. He is my guy. So yeah, I'm unfortunately I, I i do think that he's going to be the only reason i have melvin gordon i think what, what dennis just said four spot tires i do think he's going to get a little bit more run to begin with but i think philip Lindsay's an absolute stud i hated when they signed him not quite as matt fox hated uh melvin gordon signing there but i i did not like it for for all of my philip Lindsay shares and on top of that yeah, I will and say, matt, matt reminds us about that call every show too. <laughs> i do because it's the best call i'm ever gonna have so i might as well just keep talking about it hey you call the undrafted guy that's a good call but i, yeah. I mean that that move did kind of break my heart as a broncos fan i understood it i understood it but that what more do you want a guy to do to deserve a pay raise Jeez, that that was he literally gave his money to melvin gordon oh it was hurt that, now that the Broncos made some cuts, they said they have like 30 plus million in cap space. And I'm like, when are you going to sign <laughs> his extension? Yeah. He's making what, less than a million this year? Oh, yeah. $750,000. Oh, man. Well, hey, in Bruno's defense, reason, uh, John Hansen still touts his uh, uh, Tory Holt call from 1996. No. So. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> the only reason I'd do it. The only reason I do it is because we all know how bad my Ronald Jones take was. So I kind of oh. have to balance it out a little bit, right? Like Ronald Jones was so bad. And I, I bring that up quite often as well. <laughs> you got to own it. Got to own it. Exactly. So we know that you're uh, Cortland Sutton is your favorite player. Ryan, yeah. do you have a favorite player? Yeah, I like LaVisca Chanel and Philip Lindsay. I know we just talked okay. about Philip Lindsay, but um, he's definitely one of my favorite players. Like Brennan said, he's a dog. And he's a local guy, so any kind of local guys I'm going to root for. Um, we uh, have a, a cousin that's at a Western State University, uh, Eckler. So Eckler went to Western State University. And so our cousin plays quarterback there. So we like Eckler a lot. Eckler is one of our favorite players. Um, they, If you can play Gunnison in you know, negative 30-degree weather, you can play anywhere. And uh, Eckler is just a smart, versatile player. I can t- I'm going to talk about him later, later too, but he's my favorite players. Yeah, side note, go follow Connor Dash on Twitter. He's the starting quarterback for uh, Western State and Gunnison. So, yeah, right. guys, the man. Guys, the man. Will do. Uh, so, what do you think about LaVisca Chenault yeah, this year? I like him. I wrote up I his uh, shout out. Gotcha. I was say, I wrote up the draft profile on him for Dynasty Nerds this year. I like him. I think he can be a stud if he stays healthy, but I, I'm worried about his health. What, what do you think about him going to Jacksonville? You like the landing spot? Injury prone Cordell Patterson. <laughs> well, you know, Cordell Patterson was somewhat good when used the right way. I like a lot. Yeah, um, I've definitely heard uh, Cordell Patterson or <laughs> – Yeah, Percy Harvin's another uh, one that I like to think of him like. Uh, Brennan's mentioned him as Percy Harvin before. I like LaVisca where he landed. Actually, for this podcast, I had him as our running back wide receiver sleeper. They don't really have a good backfield as it is. Um, the only competition LaVisca is going to have for targets for wide receivers is Chark. D.D. Westbrook's not the guy. He's been there three years, and he hasn't really shown to be the guy. So LaVisca is going to have opportunity to start, you know, immediately out of the slot. They might use him as a wildcat. Um, they'll definitely use him in the backfield. He played not. running back at CU. He had 100 rushing yards. Um, he averaged 13 yards a catch at CU. 
He's a very talented wide receiver. Um, the year that Steven Montez Joe. won the Senior Bowl. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, uh, Janelle's better than Conley. Go ahead. Can, you can continue. Dennis, right. Dennis looks for Conley. So, um, he, um, I missed what you said. Oh, he was just talking about how <laughs> yeah. he loves Chris, Chris Conley. Chris Conley's good, good, too. I'll take LaVisca over Conley. And LaVisca's what? Six- yeah. Yeah. Man. <laughs> He's six foot, runs a – I didn't know they piled four, glass three, that four, high. Four, eight. <laughs> um, so, Stephen Montez. Yeah. I love Conley, too. And then, uh, so, Steve, the year he won the Senior Bowl, he had, like, 3,000 yards. A 1,000 of those yards were from LaVisca. So he had a third of those yards, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think it's definitely risky. <laughs> yeah, it's risky. I'm not saying it's not a risky pick, but it's a high ceiling play. Yeah, I agree. I love Avishka, but uh, yeah, not as much as Ryan. What do you guys think? I I'm not a big fan. I, I his injury history scares me off. And I don't know that he has achieved the technical level at wide receiver that I'd be looking for. So uh, for transparency reasons, I have zero shares of him on any of my 20 plus teams. So I I just, I I didn't buy into it. Uh, I I hope that uh, he does well because I like to see people and, you know, do well in their career, but it ends up, for me, just being a guy, you know, he he's he's the same the same reason I won't own any shares of Will Fuller on any of my teams. LaVisca gives me that kind of injury vibe. So while he flashes occasionally, it just ends up being a situation that I I I'm not sold on his, you know, his health because the players in the NFL are bigger, faster, and stronger. And if he couldn't stay healthy in college, to me that's a that's a flag. I don't really have any faith in uh, Jacksonville as an offense or as a team. So, but nothing in terms of a player finish would uh, be that surprising to me. I mean, we are talking about a, a team that's rolling possibly divine as Igbo as their starting yeah. running back. So who, who knows? Yeah. I think it's fair to say the opportunity is there, but uh, we'll see if he can stay healthy, you know, after they cut for yeah. So, <laughs> so, in Superflex drafts, what's your, do you guys have a yeah? Do you have a standard approach that you take when you attack a Superflex draft? Do you go quarterbacks early? Do you wait more? Does it depend on where you are with your draft pick? Yeah, I'm gonna let Ryan go first here because uh, I have a I'm more of a get one earlier than come back when the run happens. But Ryan is a little different on that. So for me, I really like. Yeah, so for me, I like to get my quarterbacks early in super flex drafts. You're never going to get them cheaper than if you can get them in the first or second round. Um, so depending where I fall in the first round, I still like to get a quarterback. Um, even if I'm at the end of the first round and a wide receiver falls to me, I'd rather take a quarterback. Um, so I know that may sound crazy to some people, but I'm willing to pass on a Michael Thomas or somebody like that in the first round to grab if there's a top quarterback or running back available. Um, and then the neck around, if a top quarterback falls, I'm okay with going quarterback and leading to that. And then maybe next round going top running back or tight end, uh, whichever one is there. 
but I have no problem in a few of my chalk leagues I've done Dak then Russell um that's a pretty strong combination I've also done Dak then Eckler so a modified zero running back and then coming back around with Josh Allen I really like to have two good quarterbacks in the first three picks yeah I like to get one in the first round yeah, I, I try to get one in the first round of Superflex Leagues. And then, I, like I said, I, was, I wait for the run to happen. A big target of mine has been uh, Drew Locke because I project him to have a lot higher of a season. I saw in, a couple months ago, I got him a dynasty startup as like the 24th quarterback off the board, which I think is wow. just egregious. Yeah, so I, I get it's a homer pick, but he's he's looking at a big year next year, especially with the OC and the receivers. So if the offensive line can hold up, I know Gorilla Glue talks about that a lot. If the tackles can hold up, then I think – you're looking at a big year for Drew Lock, Cortland Sutton, and Jerry Judy. Yeah, well, I mean, there are a lot of people who aren't as sold in on Lock. I know, I think all three of us are. Obviously, you two are as well. But there are a lot of people who who kind of doubt him. Uh, who's mm. one of those? Uh, who's some of? The, I know you just mentioned Lock. Are there any other like late round quarterbacks that you might be willing to take in Superflex? You think could still be good? And uh, I, I really like as far as quarterback goes. I really like Tannehill. I think people are a little too low on Tannehill, especially I'll take him as my quarterback two or quarterback three in super flex leagues. That's one of my favorites. I think people are overvaluing how much they run the ball, but they are really efficient when they do pass the ball. It's because they're so good at running the ball. So I, I, I do like Tannehill as my quarterback two in a uh, super flex leagues. I also like guys like Gardner Minshew. Unfortunately, since that Bud Light campaign, it's been harder and harder to get him for actual <laughs> value. It's, it's absurd. It's absurd. But uh, I do love Gardner. I, I like Jacksonville's offense more than people think. Uh, most people think a guy like yeah. a Sam Darnold or a Dwayne Haskins. But I am lower <laughs> on Haskins than most people. Right. So, so, so we all kind of believe that it's Marone's last year. Being higher on Gardner, do you think that as well, or yes, you think oh, he'll yeah. survive Marone getting fired? Uh, I I think that he's a good quarterback, and I think he's going to get all the opportunity to be a solid stud this year. So I'm I'm big on I'm big on Gardner. I I get that. I think he's going to be the quarterback there for a decade. So I get I'm probably not in the majority on that one there, but he seems to have all the intangibles to be a good quarterback. It's kind of like with Drew Locke. I don't know if you guys as Nighthawk, who's you know you're in the Denver market. You know that Drew Locke's got all the the intangibles, just being a great quarterback, all the stuff that Paxton Lynch didn't have. Yeah. But you know, that's that's that. I think that's really imp- I, for me. I really value that when it comes to a quarterback because I've seen it firsthand. When you don't have that, no matter how much talent you have, you can't be a quarterback in this league. So, well, I have an interesting question for you. Then, do you do you watch a lot of college football at all? Yeah, uh, especially I've been getting into it a lot more the last year or two, but beforehand, not not so much. But these last year or two, I've gotten right back into it. All right. So we were talking about the Jaguars earlier and the fact that all three of us think he, they likely finish as one of the last teams. If they finish last, do you think they'll pass on Trevor Lawrence for, for Gardner <sighs> Minshew? I mean, uh, that's so tough because you're talking about one of like the best quarterback no, prospects since Andrew Luck. So <laughs> I, as much as I love Gardner Minshew, that's one of the best quarterback prospects since Andrew yeah. Luck to come out. So I, I don't think you I can just, pass on Trevor I just Lawrence, wanted to man. see how much you loved Gardner yeah, Minshew. If it was yeah. like an unreasonable amount yeah, or no, if it was no. unreasonable. So, I can't right. do it. I can't do it there, man. But uh, if I tell you, I, I love Gardner Minshew, but Trevor Lawrence is the truth. That kid is the truth. And yeah. just it, another thing about the intangibles, he's got all the talent in the world. Go talk to his teammates about how much they love that guy. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly what you need. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. 
I'm a little disappointed that neither one of you guys mentioned this guy, but that's all right. We'll, oh, we'll, we'll pass because yeah. Baker's the truth as well. My heart's oh. a little bit hurt. Are you but, a big Baker right. guy? I guy? love Baker. That's the, that's why that background, although as Dennis pointed out, not quite a flattering shot there right under Nighthawk. But uh, yeah, I love Baker. I'm a huge Browns fan. I'm born in Cleveland. It was I pointed out. Oh, you pointed out. I didn't see who pointed out. But yeah, that's not flattering. Might have to get that adjusted a little bit there. But yeah, that's a. I love Baker. He, he he's my guy. Uh, so who are some of you guys' uh, sleepers at running back and wide receiver uh, for the 2020 season? Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, for my receiver here, Kendrick Bourne. Um, a lot of it okay. has to do with he's one of the only – Well, mine was LaVisca, so. <laughs> gotcha. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, we got some connection problems. Sorry about that. Uh, why don't no, you go good. first, Brett? Okay. I all think right. he was saying his was LaVisca. Yeah, I think that's what he was saying. <laughs> he was, he was so all LaVisca. I was going to do Hunter Renfro. So Hunter oh, okay. Renfro. Okay, do you want me to do LaVisca or Hunter Renfro first? Whatever you want to do, bud. Okay, I'll do LaVisca. So, yeah, LaVisca, and then I'll go Hunter Renfro. He's just the guy I think that they will use him as a running back as well as a wide receiver. Um, he's going to get a lot of play, even his rookie year. Um, I know Chris Connolly is there. Um, Dennis mentioned Chris Connolly. I know he's there. Uh, but LaVisca's a sleeper you can get after the 10th round. He's a rookie back, so he's a high-ceiling guy that um, for running back I'm always targeting late in drafts. For wide receiver, um, I like that he's going after the 10th round as well. I think uh, underdog uh, ADP has him at 181 right now. So he's going really there. He is um, a guy towards the back half of last year, had eight red zone targets, had six catches, 100 yards, and uh, two touchdowns in his last two games. Um, you know, after he missed time for injury, when he came back on a per-game basis after week eight, he outperformed people like um, Cup, OBJ, Amari Cooper, A-Rob, DJ Chark, and Sutton. So he's a guy that you can get late and you can still get performance out of him. What about you, Brennan? Yeah, I was going to say Kendrick Bourne. Like I was saying, he's one of the only like alive receivers in 49ers camp right now. So I'm definitely taking him. He's uh, beat report saying. White. <laughs> oh, you like Kevin White? <laughs> uh, Kevin White got cut. No. Remember we talked about that earlier. Oh, yeah. He oh, did he? Got cut. Yeah, he got he cut. So, practice squad, though. Oh, there you go. No, but all the reports about Kendrick Bourne is uh, I heard he's the most uh, consistent receiver in camp. Some guy, uh, one of the beat reporters said he has uh, continues to have a knack for getting open in the red zone. Kendrick Bourne, I think, is a sleep, uh, sleeper pick late in your draft. 187 ADP on an underdog. You can get him late if you fade receiver, as we tend to do on the Greengrass pod. And uh, you can get him get you through some bye weeks. So I definitely like Kendrick Bourne. And as far as running back go, uh, I, I love Antonio Gibson as much as the next person, but I think Bryce Love is being a little undervalued at 173 on underdog ADP. That's He's still going to be a part of the offense for sure. Yeah. So um, I, I definitely want Bryce Love at his ADP for sure. So Yeah, yeah I, I moved my only share of, uh... of Antonio Gibson today. Really? Gibson, Gibson, DJ Moore, and Blake Jarwin for uh, CEH – Stefan Diggs and Jack Doyle. Wow. All right. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that's a nice trade. Nice trade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not as big on CEH as the next, as most people, but that's a oh, damn good trade. Well, welcome a, uh, to the team. Welcome yeah, to the team because yeah, I, I, I am I'm, not that yeah, high on him. I'm not super high either, but it just seemed, it, was, it just seemed, <laughs> yeah. and, and I, I think that 
Diggs is going to be probably a high-end wide receiver three this year. So I, I, it was a struggle for me to move DJ Moore. I wasn't, con- right. I, I was more than happy to move Gibson, but I, I really, I, I, I would have liked to have kept more. But it, it was a, it was a good deal for me, and it's a start two tight end team with a with a, a tight end premium. And so getting right. Doyle's floor as my third tight end was better than I think having Jarwin's ceiling as my third tight end. No, I agree. And uh, I I agree with uh, all that. But with CEH, does anyone kind of see a Brian Westbrook rookie year coming? Or is that just me? Or is it, no, I anyone mean, else? I have him. What did I have? Well, I'm going to say this, and then Dennis is going to come back like, no, you have him at five. But I'm pretty sure <laughs> when I first did my rankings, I know I had him outside the top 12. I think he's going to be probably in that 12 to 15 area. I don't think he's going to be horrible, but I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to be like, I've seen him in so many startups and redraft leagues where he's going top five or six. Like I don't see that. for. I don't even see that for him in the future. Everybody keeps saying he's Kareem Hunt. And I've tried to tell people, the way that offense was run with Kareem Hunt that first year was completely different than the offense they're running now. That was with Alex Smith as their quarterback. He they oh, did yeah. they were more run heavy. So I still think CH is going to be a good player, but I don't have him as like a top six or seven dynasty running back right now. He's in my top ten dynasty wise, but not not a top five or six guy. And and that's what it takes to get him, you know. Like and it's yeah. it's crazy the price to get CH. I saw someone in a startup took uh took him over Saquon Barkley, and that's when I knew things. Oh things God. have gotten out of hand. Why? Things have gotten out of hand. <laughs> things have gotten way out of hand here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and best case scenario, say, he turns right. into something close to Saquon. Like I don't understand. Oh yeah. When you see that pick happen, you just say thank you and uh, yeah. yeah especially <laughs> if you're sitting there, if you're sitting there, three, you're like, thank you God for yeah. See him exactly. fall. Exactly. You're, you're an idiot. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The rookie hype's gotten out of control. <laughs> Uh, is there a is there a player that you guys are fading more than uh than other people are? I guess you could probably say Ceh with what we we're just talking about. But is there someone that you see people are really kind of all in on that you're not? Yeah, I'm gonna get in here first. Uh, Keenan Allen. I don't want uh, everybody to attack me because he's a great NFL receiver. There's this is nothing against his talent, but I'm not sold on his situation. Uh, we got to remember Tyrod Taylor is not Philip Rivers. Uh, he's a good NFL quarterback, but as far as for fantasy goes, Tyrod Taylor started three full seasons, and none of which has he supported a top 15 receiver. I think the best receiver he ever supported was in 2016. Robert Woods had 51 receptions, 613 yards, and one TD. And I think that's one of the best receiving lines he's had someone put up. So as long as Tyrod Taylor's running the offense, I don't want Keenan as far as fantasy goes. As, don't get me wrong, as far as real-life football goes, he's an amazing receiver, but I just don't love the situation. I, I don't like it at all. So what happens when the future NFL MVP Super Bowl winner <laughs> Justin Herbert takes over, though? Do you buy into Keenan Allen then? I, I have actually said that he might be someone I go by in the offseason next year because right. I think he's going to have a low year and people who have Keenan Allen are going to be fading him. And I'll l- gladly pick him up if Herbert – if I like what I see from Herbert this year because oh, I like, like what him. I saw – <laughs> I like what I saw at Oregon more than most people did. I have a lot of Herbert in a lot of my dynasty leagues, but I, you know, if you want to come back every week now, I can kick <laughs> one of these other guys off because I, I really hate the Herbert slander hey, that have happens me back. all the time. I love me some Justin Herbert. I am a hey, big fan. I've actually been confused about how like polarizing he's been. You know, you have people who love him and come try to yeah. trade me everything in my dynasty leagues. And then I have people who I offer him and they laugh at me. So it's, yeah. it's been weird. It's been strange. People, people, 
people buy too much into the he's very quiet, and so he just can't uh, do it. They, they believe too much in the hard knocks that he's struggling to learn the offense. Well, fuck, <laughs> throughout his entire college yeah. career, he's never been under center. You got to give the kid some time. Yes, yeah, right. Well, that's – yeah, most quarterbacks coming out. Seriously, most quarterbacks coming out nowadays. All right, what do you think, Ray? Yeah, exactly. Oh, do you have a, a sleeper guy? Or no, I'm sorry, not a sleeper guy, a guy that you're fading compared to everybody else? Uh, I got Evans as my guy I'm fading. Um, another talented wide receiver. <laughs> Sean McVay in there. Let's go. I love it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, Mike Evans is my guy. Uh, Mike Evans is that I'm going to fade. Uh, he's a guy that's talented. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he's a guy that he's a great receiver talented just like uh keenan allen but i want nothing to do with when it comes to fantasy uh tom brady had kind of an abysmal last year he was uh 66 percentage was his true percentage com- uh, completion rate last year he was 30th in the nfl his accuracy rating was 25th in the nfl there's a lot of weapons around him he's got his tight end back and Gronk is murky i don't know there's a lot of question offense and i don't want anything to do with evans you know, I'm really glad that you guys came on here today. We're, we're looking at doing some shakeups here on the Fantasy Football Roundtable podcast because I've, I've got some people who agree with me more often, think? and I'm, 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 I'm really enjoying this. Uh, uh, Dennis, Matt, do you guys have anybody you're fading more now? I, I would say probably as, as much talk as this is going to be for me is probably CEH. I've kind of been off on him more. Like I've still t- been saying take Swift, Taylor, and Dobbins over him in rookie drafts. I think all three of those are going to be better, have better careers. I'm not in on CEA just because he landed with the, <laughs> with Patrick Mahomes. What about you two? Well, Diggs was really my guy at wide receiver that uh, I was lower on. I think he's, like I said, going to be, I have him ranked at 25th going into the season. I think he's going to end up as a, a high-end wide receiver three. From the running back position i mean it gets it gets murky quick you've got your studs at the top and and then uh you know i who am i fading i don't know that i'm fading anybody i I feel like everybody else is kind of at value i you know i'm not super high on zach moss uh i was was never really in on Keyshawn vaughn i think uh taylor's taylor acres and um Dobbins are all going to have pretty good years this year from a rookie perspective. Uh, looking at my rankings here, I see I'm going to need to move Raquel Armstead down for the first week. <laughs> I hate so. that. Um, like, oh, Got to yeah. move this guy. Got to move this guy. Yeah. All right. How about, how about you, Fox? So, you know, I think uh, for a lot of early part of the off season uh, in drafts, I wasn't very high for net this year and then he got cut. So I felt pretty good about that. <laughs> Uh, and obviously, you know, I've been fading Melvin Gordon. There have been people that have talked about him being a, you know, a top 10 or top 12 running back this year. I think that's ludicrous. Really quick, just to kind of seal you guys taking over Matt Fox and Dennis here on the podcast, your thoughts on Amari Cooper? I'm just curious. Oh, where you guys don't get me him. going. Don't get me going, Amari Wait, Cooper. Is this no, a, no. Is this, See, a good uh, this is where we might not be friends bad. anymore because uh, I'm a Michael Gallup fan to the core. I, I I think my oh there we go that's what I'm talking Maybe about there we go about. I, I'm a four Collins let me just jump in here because I'm going right. to suspect that you're also a Preston Williams guy 
Beautiful. Uh, I love Preston Williams. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see who they else went them to out. school in Colorado. Missy Johnson. <laughs> uh, Jack Barrett. Oh, yeah, bud. Uh, all the CSU Rammies. But you got to admit, they are producing. You know, it's kind yeah, of amazing. Yeah. Like, let's look at Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup's season last year. They basically had the same stat line, except Gallup did it in 14 games, 12 starts, and Cooper did it in 16 games. Cooper is – I think he's a really good receiver, but I don't think he will ever be a top-five fantasy receiver. I think Gallup has that potential. Gallup is a freak, and he's a red zone eater. So I, I love Michael Gallup. I love Michael Gallup. He's just one of those too good, too good to hide, and especially after the comments from – uh. The head coach McCarthy. That's that's how you know that this guy is going to have a huge year. You thought he had a lot of targets last year. He's going to have a lot of targets this year, in my opinion. But I, I get I'm lower on Cooper than most most people. So uh, no, I, I'm right there with you. I've been a noted uh, Amari Cooper hater for a long time. Now then again, he did unfortunately prove me wrong and cost me a lot of money last year when I said he wasn't yep. going to finish as a top ten wide receiver and he fucking did it. So oh. that that kind of that hurt me pretty bad last year, but. It is what just it is. barely top 10, though? Just like, barely. Just it was barely. by, like, two points, yeah. <laughs> yeah and it was all because barely, of those yeah. two games where he had, like, 30 fucking points, and then the next two weeks in a row he had, like, five combined, and I was like, of course, he's well, still going to finish as a top 10 wide receiver. with The inconsistency, that's everything. another thing. <laughs> if you are if you have a crystal ball and you can tell me which weeks Amari Cooper is going to have 30 points and get three touchdowns, then I would yeah, love to have him on my fantasy team. If you don't, then yeah. I can't have him on my team. I can't, and especially if he's my yeah. wide receiver one or two. Yeah, so, well, Bruni. Bruni is so low on Cooper that he he has yeah. Cooper ranked as wide him. receiver twenty three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he yeah. but he has uh, Gallup first at wide I didn't receiver twenty nine. Yeah. CD Lamb well, yeah, at forty two. That's that's how because low, low I, I believe is. they're going to be more on Zeke. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. So, hey, Fantasy Life app is breaking that uh, the Cardinals. <laughs> excuse I saw me, that Cardinals are closing in on an extension for DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, oh wow. Oh, Good. just a quick note here. Our brother traded him in a yeah. oh, had a horrible trade from a dynasty league. He won't stop crying about it. I won't bore you guys with that. What did but, he do? No, 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 no. I uh, love bad uh, trades. I just got sent oh, a bad trade yeah. offer we discussed right before we brought Is your you brother on, listening so. so we can make fun of him. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At Flex Luther, he's a madman. No, don't get me wrong. He's actually usually really good about scouting, but uh, hey. he traded DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins for uh, what was the trade again, right? DeAndre Hopkins for the fifth overall rookie pick Ooh. in a 10 team, yeah, straight up or something like that. Like, oof, it wasn't good. He got Cam Akers yes. out of it though. So, I mean, I'd have been okay Any- with it if you got like Jonathan Taylor or Dobbins, yeah, 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 but I love Cam Akers though. I am high on Cam, Akers, especially after that Henderson injury. injury. Yeah, I, I like Cam Akers a lot. All right, so last two questions because we're running at about an hour and a half now here. How um, I think how do you guys like pick. to handle? Yeah, the, oh, I think it was just it was for a pick. pick. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, how do you guys handle the tight end position in your drafts? Yeah. I'll let you go, Ray. Where you go? Uh, I can't hear you. that mountain internet yeah exactly all right so i'm just gonna say mine real quick because i can't so hear you right i like to oh there it is yeah i like to let that value fall to me unless i get a top guy like kelsey or kittle i'm waiting for those other tight ends to fall to me the guys i really like to wait for you can't hear me oh uh, now we can now we can yeah we got you yeah all right 
Oh, we got you now, Ray. All right. Hello? Yeah, we got you, man. Yeah, we can hear you. Maybe he can't. Just go ahead, Brian. All right. Um, so tight ends, what I do is I like to my actually if you look at underdog fantasy, there's a whole group now? of tight ends. Yeah, okay. we can hear you. Okay, yeah, that ma- good old mountain internet. <laughs> yeah, so there's a whole group uh, of tight ends. Yeah, end. so well, what I was saying is I like to have tight ends follow to me. Um me? Yeah, you're good. Go ahead. Yeah, so if it's Kelsey if it's not Kelsey or Kittle, okay. Um, then I would like to get together. <laughs> he just disappeared. Almost. Yeah, I know. He disappeared. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go with mine. There's a whole group of tight ends I like in the ADP section on Underdog. Um, so my number one is Noah Fan. I think he's going to have a big year this year. It, I think his ADP is 130.4. Now, I know I'm a Denver Bronco person, but he is going to have a big year this year. <laughs> and then on top of that, Joni Smith. 137.1, Blake Jarwin, 139.7, and then Chris Herndon, 141.5. That's usually how I like to handle the tight ends. I'll get one or two of those, um, or unless I'm in the third round and Kittle or Kelsey fall to me. But I don't like spending a top pick on a tight end. I usually like to fill, get a quarterback running back if I'm in a super flex league. And if I'm in a standard league, I like to go back-to-back running back my first two picks. So. Yeah, I, I like that strategy as well. I, I'm big on John and Smith and Chris Herndon as well. They're two guys that I've been grabbing a lot of in, in some of the leagues that I've been doing this year. All right, so your fantasy MVP this year, someone that's got an ADP of 10th round or later, who do you got? So I'm going to go with someone someone brought up earlier, Preston Williams. Oh, oh shoot. I guess oh, he shoot. just left. I'll get him. I'll get him back. Um, uh, Preston Williams has got an ADP of 124.7. And uh, while he was – Last year he had he was he's six four had an eighty four percent snap share and then he got hurt week nine ripped his ACL yeah. in that same game he had two touchdowns ten catches seventy four yards so it looked like it was the breakout was coming and after which Devontae Parker blew up but he's already nicked up and hurt I think this is the season where you get Preston Williams with the hundred twenty fourth hundred thirtieth pick he turns into a top twenty receiver and you got insane value just. That's my that is definitely my fantasy MVP. I would say Corlin Sutton, but his ATP is way too high. <laughs> so. well, I know I know Dennis likes that call. He was he was he was uh touting Preston Williams last year, even when he didn't get invited to the combine. So he, he's been all over Preston Williams for a while now as well. Absolutely. Well, I hate that his his connection kind of got. I know I'm texting him right there, now. Uh, I'm sorry about that, guys. No, That's it's the... all good. We'll just we'll just have to get you guys back on again some point in time. Make sure his his connection's better. Maybe later in the year when the Broncos make their playoff run, because two of us I think have him in the playoffs. I don't know about Dennis. I think Dennis had him out, right? Did you have him in the playoffs this year, Dennis? Um, he had the Raiders. I'd have to go back. Yeah, that's right. He had the Raiders. Shoot. Yeah, he had the Las Vegas Raiders. And me and Matt For had sure. him. And maybe we'll, we'll invite you on a pod that Dennis isn't on here. And we can talk about that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dennis. <laughs> I know how to be objective. I'm no, objective. I, I'm not a Broncos fan. I will say I don't suck. I will say I do. Uh, I, I think I follow all three. I really respect all three of you guys. I just want to say thank you so much for having us. Uh, really appreciate it. I know the connection wasn't the best, but you guys are awesome. So, dancing oh, nerds are the right. shit. So, you you. verbal yeah. cage to Philip Lindsay. That's all that matters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we bent the knee. We will always bend the knee to Philip Lindsay. Always, always. Uh, prom- promote your guys' stuff real quick again, one more time, where they can follow you, everybody else, where they can find the uh, the podcast, the YouTube videos, everything, really quick. 
yeah please go follow us on youtube green grass podcast uh green grass everything we're doing things once or twice a week go follow us on twitter mine's golden goat ff ryan's gorilla glue ff he's got great information he's really funny on twitter a lot funnier than i am this don't let that bad connection paint the picture of what he is he's really good <laughs> and uh yeah he's definitely the funny and the personality and i'm more of the bland so ryan's the man and he's He's a great follow. So please go follow him. Go follow our stuff. Go follow Cody Cosmo or Cosmo Cody. He's our producer. Uh, it's actually who you linked up with. Thank you for connecting that. But yeah, uh, yeah. go follow our stuff. And our website's coming with uh, articles dropping. So green grass. All right, FF. So I know, I know you, uh, you do really good on the bet. So what's, what's a good bet for this weekend? Whether, whether oh. it's anything, college football, NFL, what do you got? Give us one good bet before we get out of here. Oh dear. Let me pull one up for you real quick. I'm sorry. I wasn't expecting this. I no, would say crush, good. crush the nation's league. I'm, I'm crushing nation's league right now. Um, they're, they're really easy games to pick. If you're a soccer fan, I'll post it on my Twitter. Actually. Yeah. Go follow my Twitter for my picks. But as of right now, I would say smash the over on Jason Tatum and smash the eater over on, uh, Jokic and uh, the Nuggets right. games. Those would be my two and parlay those together for about plus 300 odds. That would be, that'd be one I'd do easy. Those over unders in basketball, easy money. If you know what you're doing. So I would do awesome. All right. Well, again, we appreciate you guys jumping on. We'll have to get you guys back on. Maybe get all four of you guys on one time with us. That'd be fun. I know I can get it's, up to 10. It might be uh, fun to have everybody on there and, and then do a little bit of fantasy football talk, but thanks for, thanks for jumping on today with us. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you guys. Thanks. All right. So we uh, last before we get out of here, uh, we will be back Thursday with a preview pod. And then Friday, uh, we'll be back previewing the whole week one. Meant to get this in before we brought those guys in there, but I forgot. If you guys have, um, if you guys want to join us, you can get on thrivefantasy.com. Use promo code GEEK. You will get uh, $20 back if you put $20 in. Uh, great little thing. We used to be with them a long time ago, me and Dennis, and we partnered back with them again. It's a great little daily fantasy fantasy site you guys can use. Again, use promo code GEEK for that information, and then we will be back with, uh, yeah, Thursday. Jump in the Discord channel if you guys can. Ask any of us on Twitter. Jump to musiccitydrivein.com. They've got the link on there as well. We'll be updating our rankings Wednesday for the opening week on uh, Thursday night with the Texans and the Chiefs. Cannot wait for Thursday yeah, to talk about uh, fantasy football. If you get into the Discord, you can join our, uh, our oh, pick yeah. skin pick group. Which we have in Pick, skin, pick them for, for a chance to win a NFL jersey if you can beat out all of us, which will probably be pretty easy because I pick the Browns to win every week. So that usually costs me, you know, seven to eight, probably 12 losses this year because they're going to lose. But thank you guys again for joining us, and we will talk to you guys again soon.